0: everyone and welcome to the psalm seed this is a branch of the women's fellowship in manchester called the seed we aim to uproot lies and plant the truth through conversation we have a sister fellowship in london you can find out more information about this on www.lovelimitless.com so let's begin
1: that if you clicked on it then you actually want to hear what we have to say so we'll get straight into it. My name is Ifa and I am joined with a lovely lady. Her name is Faith. Did you see that tweet where it was like I think it was Instagram post when people like introduce yourself you're like who am I again? <laughs> so the, the way you hesitated I was like she knows her name so what's going I, on? I was like
0: I have so many names and people always tell me <laughs> off for stating too many at once. So I was like, Glory. today we'll keep it simple. Today we'll keep it as faith.
1: Today I'm faith. Um, but every other day, you know, and even today, you're chosen, you're known, <laughs> you're beloved. <laughs> we have many names in Christ. Um, but I think she also met on her passport. But anyway, that's neither here or. Well, there. Glory to God. Welcome, Faith. Um, so we're going to get straight into it. We're speaking about the church, um, and before we, before we talk about what we're going to talk about, I wanted to ask Faith a question um, about traditions, like family traditions. Do you have any family traditions that you do with your family? <laughs> um,
0: I think, I think I mentioned this at the seed session. One of our family traditions is we're very spontaneous. Like, it could be someone's birthday, and we know it's someone's birthday coming up, and we'll be like, oh, what are we going to do? And we're just like, I don't know. And on the day, we're having the party. And, Uh -uh. yeah, the whole family is over. Like, people just turn up at that house. (laughs) And then next minute, my mom's cooking. Next minute, this is happening. So our our family tradition is that we just randomly just do stuff. Like to, to the point that now my mom would just cook just in case, she's like, you never know. <laughs> Yeah, you never know who might turn up. So, like, people just turn up at our, our house randomly. Um, yeah, they were, like, Oh, we just start, oh, it's your
1: birthday, so we thought we'll come over. Oh, yeah. It's like every time, <sighs> okay, no, but it, it's great because it sounds like you guys have the resources for it because I can't cater to, to that many people on a whim. Do you know what I mean? But it sounds like. It's such a tradition that you have accommodated for it, yeah. um, <laughs> um, But my family tradition is—it's a bit weird. But every Christmas, um, we we have to be together, like every Christmas. And yeah, it's just—it's just one of those things. It's like if you're not. Um, there's no other option. (laughs) I mean, it's not like, oh yeah, I want to spend Christmas with myself. It's like, huh? No, it's Christmas. We're we're, we're together. And I think that that might be the same for um, a lot of people um, actually during Christmas. But I think with my family, it's like, we can be beefing, but on Christmas Day, we're coming together um, and we're going to eat good chicken. And my dad started this thing where um, he's he's not really a fan of rice on Christmas Day because he's like, we eat rice all the time. So he's more like, let's get different meats, let's get turkey, let's get gizdodol, let's get chicken, let's get everything but rice. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's always a way you can sneak in rice because it's rice. You need rice. <laughs> yeah, you have to have rice, sorry. <laughs> you have to have rice, you have to have rice. But yeah, that's definitely a, a quote-unquote tradition. I can't really think of anything deep, but it's just Christmas, we know we have to be together. Even if we're sat in silence, we have to be together. Um, And when considering the church, there's an image frequently given in the Bible, and that is one of a family. The church is frequently referred to as the family of God, um, or there's often a semantic field of family used. So, for example, children, father, brother, right, or sister, um, we are called the household of God um, for a reason. And in the same way, as we spoke about our traditions, myself and faith, there's some traditions also that um, are in this household of God. Um, And it's found in Acts, Acts 2.42. I think these were some of the traditions that marked um, this family. Right. So I'm going to read Acts 2, verse 42 to 47. they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people, all the Lord and the Lord added to their number day by day, um, day by day, those who were being saved. So in the first image of like, that we see of the church being together, they had some traditions. They did things frequently, right? They broke bread together. They attended temple together. They saw their possessions for the sake of other people. And this language isn't, just here, it's all over the Bible. Paul would always exhort us to, um you know, encourage one another, um as long as it's called today, to grow in brotherly love towards one another. But, Faith, why do you think it's so hard to keep to these family traditions?
0: Um, I think selfishness, right? I think a lot of people are about themselves and mm. about, oh, I just want to be by myself i just want to do me i'm independent now i'm grown you know i need to live my life i need to um build for myself so i can have stuff in the future as well um so i think that's why sometimes it's it's hard to keep to these because sometimes we almost feel like as we're growing um we have to become more independent and what that looks like what that looks like is um isolating yourself from people and separating yourself. Um, Whereas obviously that's not what God means Mm -hmm. um, or what independence looks like in Christ. Um, Independence is setting boundaries, but um, still being available for those that need you. Um, But I think maybe we don't learn how to do this well. That might be like Mm -hmm. a reason why. Because when you look at movies and stuff, your soul, this idea that, you know, you go out, you move, you graft, you work, 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 work. It's about you now. It's your time to shine. It's your time to do. It's your time to build.
1: Um, So maybe we don't learn these things well. Mm, I like that. And I I think that, you know, sense of individuality um, is, is, is around us, you know, not just in terms of the culture, but also in the church. And though we are, you know, some people might say things like, um it's just me my relationship is just me and god right i don't really need anyone else i can just go to church in my room and just watch you know a pastor online and that's enough right but i think they fail to understand um that though you were saved though your salvation is an individual one um it's also a collective one right because we we are saved individually but we're brought into a collective vision right so we're yeah, we're saved by, by grace through faith. Like no, one, no one can do that with you. That's an individual decision. But you're saved into a family. You're saved into the household of God. So I think sometimes it's hard to keep these family traditions because, one, I've, I've got two reasons down. One, we don't think that we are a family. We think that, you know, our salvation is an individual, and that's it. It's just God has saved me, and that's it. Like He just loves me. I'm His only child. You know, I'm just gonna read the Bible by myself. I'm gonna interpret it by myself. Like I'm His only child. Um, or we have a lack. We lack. We have. We lack understanding of what it means to be adopted. You know, and and at the seed session we spoke about adoption. We spoke about coming into a family, um, renouncing every tie that you had with the other family right or disregarding all those ties because it's just it's not part of your identity anymore and taking on this new name taking on this new identity taking on this new culture taking on this new language of your family mm. when you get adopted I think sometimes there's a lack of understanding of what it means to be adopted what do you think
0: yeah i when you said that, it made me think of when we used the words uh, brother and sis. Um, mm. uh, I just feel like depending on your generation and, and the culture that you grew up in, I think the older generation, it's more of a, I don't want to say, like a sign of respect. Like, oh, bro, you know, it's just like church language, like brother or sister. But do you actually treat them like your brother? Do you mm. actually treat them like your sister? Like, what does that look like? You know, because I know how I value my my brother, and my sister, and how I care for them, um, and many of us as well, how they care for their their close family and sister. And I think our generation, it's more like family zoning. Someone, oh, mm. bro, who's my brother. Family zoning, I am finished. Is that even a phrase? It's, it's it's definitely a thing. Um, you know, you wanna put someone in a place to let them know I'm not interested in you like that. Um, or like you're playing games where you're confusing someone. That's another thing. So we misuse um, these words for our own, against selfish gain, whether that is to family zone someone or whether that is to confuse someone because you know you've been inappropriate in the way you've been behaving towards them. Um, so now you want to cover it with the word brother, cover bro. it with the word sister. Like, I was never inappropriate. Everything I did was fine because I just called you bro, I just called you sis. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we abuse these words and these phrases now, that that's then confusing to the person that's receiving it, you know? Because they're like, you're, you're calling me brother, but you're not treating me like one. You know, you're mm-hmm. calling me sister, you're not treating me like one. So that's when we now... Maybe fail to understand that we are part of a family, or we have been adopted into a family where we're supposed to love each other. Because we're not, we're using the words, um, but we're not treating each other that way. So the reason why we say these words are perverted. You know, they're Mm -hmm. wrong. You know, they're based on our own understanding, and not based on what God has intended for for it to be. So again, um, we're using it for our own selfish gain. Rather than I um, want you to know that this is how I love you. I yeah. love you as a brother. I love you as a sister. But rather is you, I just want you to keep away from me, or I just want to confuse you, or I just I'm just trying to be respectful because that's what people do here. You
1: yes. know, that's a good distinction. The, the language that we use, um, you know, has responsibility tied to it, and we need to ensure, as you're saying so well, that. When we use that word, we're using it as a reference in how I'm intending to love you, do you know what I mean? Um, Rather than how, you know, I want to be protected. Um, (laughs) We're not going to go into it, but I'll be very honest, I've used the word just to kind of distance myself from people in the past as well. Um, And and the more we do that, the more we're diluting the meaning, right? It's such a a powerful representation of what God came to um, say, but also to represent. Um, yeah. a family, you know, um, that that knows their father and represents him well. So we're speaking about this, and sometimes it's like it sounds great, but I'm I'm thinking if there are any implications for this. So Ephesians one five, um, it says God decided in advance to adopt us into His own family. Okay, bringing us to Himself through Jesus Christ. This is what He wanted to do, and it gave Him great. Pleasure. I love that absolutely love that this is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure but what implications do you think that this has that God has decided to adopt us into his family to bring us to himself through Jesus Christ what implications do you think this has on us or like to so like those who are adopted so you yes
0: <laughs> um I think it shows that I belong somewhere. Um, It gives me assurance that I belong, you know? Um, Because I'm part of his family first. So he's my father. You know, I can fall out with my siblings and we can literally have a fight. Um, But I know that I can always go to my father and he will always love me no matter what. He will always guide me in wisdom and say... Have you seen things from this perspective? Have you seen things from that perspective? He will be the one that can call us together to find a place of peace, you know, to resolve things well. Um, So I think that is the benefit of being called into his family, because you know that no matter what happens around you, you belong Mm. to him, right? Um, I belong to him. I have a place to go to. I have a home. And my home is literally in his arms. And that's such a beautiful thing. Um, Because the world around us is messy. It is a mess. Tell them. <laughs> it is so messy. So sometimes I'm just like, Jesus, Father, Lord, God, Holy Spirit, I just need you, you know? And when I'm feeling down, when I'm feeling lonely, I'm like, oh, I have Jesus. I have God. And he loves me. And he's enough. And he he doesn't do anything bad to me so even the things that i desire now you know oh my sister didn't love me well mm. that's not god you know that's not god so how can i take that to god to to solve that um yeah. so that's i guess a positive implication
1: percent um and and i think i think they're all all positive actually depending on who you ask but they're all they're all positive um and the answer to this is actually seen in the verses following um and it begins to list the things that we have because we are in christ and one of those things that i think we're going to discuss is in, in found in verse seven it says in him we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace this is an implication of being adopted into the family of god we have redemption through his blood and we have forgiveness of our trespasses if you want to know more of what you have in christ right if you have if you receive jesus christ as your lord and savior if you want to know more about the implications, like, feel free to just read the whole of Ephesians 1, to be honest. But we're going to just pick two and discuss them. So the first one is redemption through his blood. This is an implication of being adopted into the family of God. And I had to consider this um, of what, what does that mean? I've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Well, it means that the owner of the house has left his house to bring you to his house. He has redeemed you. He has come through the blood of Jesus Christ to, to bring you to where He is. So, what does that mean? It means you don't have to question His love for you. If you're thinking, "Ah, am I truly am I truly redeemed? Am I am I truly where I need to be?" Uh, yeah, because you didn't do the work. You didn't do the work. Someone else did the work. And I love this quote by Erin Davis. She says, "Judge God's love by the cross." and his power by the resurrection. If we're ever doubting, God, do you really love me? Look at what he did. Look at what he did through the cross. Look at the blood that was shed, because that is the redemption. That's what paid the redemption of our souls, of our life. It's because of Jesus Christ that we can stand in assurance and actually sit in the house and be like, yeah, I have a place here. There's nothing I can do that's going to give me an eviction notice. <laughs> because the redemption wasn't by your works, it wasn't by your actions, it wasn't by what you've done. It was by the blood of Jesus, and that's enough. Another thing that, another implication of being adopted into the family of God is that we've received forgiveness for our, of our trespasses. I'm going to speak here and I want to hear from you, Faith. But we've received forgiveness of our trespasses. Hey! We no longer have to offer up sin offerings forgiveness of sin we no longer have to you know pay or give in in terms of in in terms of in order for God to forgive us sometimes we do it out of love and and appreciation for God but we no longer have to pay for our sin anymore we have received forgiveness of our trespasses we can trust that God's wrath was fully satisfied in Christ Jesus we don't have to add anything to what Christ has done in order for us to be loved by him or to be forgiven by God. This, this Hebrews 10, 12 says, But our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins, good for all time. And then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. Why did he sit down? Because he didn't need to offer anything else. There was nothing else for Jesus to give. That single sacrifice was enough to satisfy the wrath of God. I no longer <laughs> need to add in terms of sacrifices to, to receive forgiveness of sin. Huh? It's finished. It's done. It's finished. It's finished. It's done. It's done. It's done. It's done. done. An implication of this is that I can be free. I can be free from trying to, to earn my forgiveness from God. It's done. Jesus sat down for a reason. Other high priests would have to go in every year to sacrifice lamb and bull. But when Jesus paid with his life, he sat down because it's enough. It's done. It's finished. He, his death was enough to pay for our sins. And that is like, who what do you think, Faith? Yeah, I agree <laughs> some... with everything you said. <laughs>
0: Um yeah, I don't really think there's much to add to that. That's just the, the truth, right? And that is why we can come to him, you know. Mm-hmm. Um I guess I'll I I'll add this. Um even over the the over the years we at the seed we've learned a lot about peace in different ways in different sec sessions. And we always come back to this idea that, you know, Jesus is the Prince of Peace and he came to bring peace to the world. Um, And that looked like um, restoration between us and God, but also restoration between us and man. Um, So just going back to the idea that we're part of a family, um, just drawing attention to the fact that that was... um, that was always part of the original design and the original aim of Jesus coming to die. I think we we always miss that part out. And it's like, yeah. oh, he came to die for my sins. And now I can come to Jesus and, you know, lay everything at his feet. And yes, that is true. But he also came so that we may li- live in harmony um with one another. And I think that's probably not something that's spoken about much and not something that we learn about. Because personally, I didn't really learn about that growing up. Um, that he also came so that we would live in harmony. And I think when you're aware of that, um, you strive for harmony, right? Even in the Beatitudes in Matthew 5, it says, blessed are the peacemakers, you know, for either they will inherit or see the kingdom of God. And that is so true. Like we are called to make peace within one another as well. We are called to live in harmony. We are called to live as one. We are called um, to live in unity because that was part of the original design and that was part of the aim of why Jesus came as well.
1: The aim is why Jesus came. <laughs> Just because it <laughs> doesn't mean it. Rapper, so. I'm finished, but yeah, like, thank you, Lord, for everything Jesus' blood has accomplished. And it's so easy for us to say this with our mouths, but we need to check if our actions are truly, you know, aligning to what we believe. Are we trying to add to the finished work of Jesus? Are we trying to live an individual Christianity? That doesn't even make any sense. you know, are, are we are we trying to do things in our own strength? Like, is our actions aligning to to what Jesus Christ has accomplished for us um, and what He has adopted us into? Ah. Is a is a real thing and he did it with his blood as well. You know, he didn't just sign it with his with his hand or his you know, yeah. in his words, but he gave his blood to say, Yes, this is for sure. Signed, sealed and delivered. Yeah. And I think it's it's the idea of it's an acceptance
0: of truth, right? Do we actually accept this truth? And I think that's one thing that I've been doing a lot lately as a Christian, to actually stop and remind myself of the truth. I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> the truth. What is the truth in this situation? The truth is Jesus wants unity. The truth is Jesus wants peace. Okay, how can I achieve the truth in this in this situation? I think it's so easy to just go through life, yeah, I'm saved, I'm a Christian. But even in Romans 12, 1, we were reminded that this we need to remind ourselves of the truth daily. Every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus is sat down um, next to God in the right hand, yes. But we're still here. He said that you know, I'm going to, I'm sending the helper so he can help you on this journey. We're still we're still in the in the middle of the war, isn't it? Battle. You know, we're still fighting, we're still here to um push for, for Christ's agenda and for Christ's kingdom. So his kingdom will be as is as it is in heaven. That can also mm-hmm. be on earth. And it is our mission to do that. Um, but if we don't remind ourselves of this truth every day, and even know, like, do I believe it? You know, let's start there. What do you believe about the truth? What do you believe about Jesus and what he did for you? And go from there. It's not, there's no shame um, in uncertainty, there's no shame in questions. But when we just choose to ignore these things, it's really, really hard to live it out. It's really, really hard to be at peace when you feel like everybody else just wants to fight you um Mm. so that's
1: another thing as well 100 percent. there is an implication for the faith that we believe there is it it can be worked out as as long as it's 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 been worked in us and we're you know tending to it and we're nurturing it and we're meditating upon it as we work it in us it can be worked out as well in, in in the society around us huh? Glory to God. But I was going to speak about as well, um, more implications um, of this. But I think we can stop there. Um, But, you know, the rest of the chapter begins to see Paul's life and, and what he began to do because of the faith that he received. You know, and it says in verse 11, no, sorry, verse 15. Paul is saying for this reason, so for the reasons that he's mentioned of us belonging to Christ and being adopted to him. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. So he had worked this in him for so long that it began to be worked out of him. He's praying for people. He's seeking them out. He's writing to them. He, he's, he's given a, a, a labor of love to, to them. So he's not just saying, oh yeah, I'm saved too, glory, and I'm going to sit in my bed and be a caged or isolated Christian. But what I believe, there, there is, it can be worked out in, in, in the things around me. Um, So there's acceptance as an implication of G, of, of being adopted there's belonging as an implication of being adopted. There is love as an implication of being adopted in the family of God, but there's also responsibility. And I think we need to, we need to come into the knowledge of all of those things, in you know, order for us to represent Christ the way that he intended. And I love that you said that, that there, there was a, a good created order and how God wanted things to be from the beginning. <sighs> so I want to leave it there. Um, I, I love, I love, I love, love talking about God's image of the church, though we might be seeing different things. I think it's worth going back to God's intention from the beginning and the words that he used to describe his people throughout the whole Bible. And I just pray that as you listen to this, you would desire God's desire and you would desire God's image of the church, even though it might not be what you look what what you can see right now, um, I just pray that you pursue that image with all your heart, soul, and strength, and you'd find others who can pursue it with you. But until then, actually, no, you can do that right now. But until the next episode, <laughs> um, thank you for listening. And bye, everyone.
0: this has been the sound seed thank you so much for listening and remember to keep pursuing truth through conversation and community see you on the next episode